That's one of my favorites. So I've really enjoyed that in both services today. Today our New Testament lesson comes from the book of 1 John. So not the Gospel of John, but 1 John almost at the end of the Bible. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. Little children, you are from God and have conquered them, for the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I don't know about any of you, but I do not have a green thumb. I'm not good at gardening. You know those plants that are supposed to be really durable? I've killed more than one of them. Like an aloe vera plant. You're not supposed to be able to kill it. I've killed two. And so I was about to give up, and two years ago, one of my best friends said, okay, she was like, I'm going to work with you. She's like, but you got to listen to me. And so she helped work with me on which plants to get, how much sunlight they need, how much water. I have maybe eight now. It's not a lot. They're all the super durable kind, but yeah, one's about to die. I'm trying. I'm trying. But I I love plants. Growing up, my favorite place to be was my grandfather's garden. I can still close my eyes and picture in my head where he'd plant the tomatoes and the green beans where the rose bushes were because they were my grandmother's favorite. 
where the banana tree was that I could actually sometimes pick a banana off of and eat it. Where I avoided because I once saw a snake. I love those memories. I do not have that green thumb. But my friends worked with me. A few months ago, she was coming to town for a meeting, and so she was going to stay with me. And I had just gotten back from walking with my dog. I looked at my front flower beds, and I noticed some stuff springing up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pull weeds. And so I started pulling. I just left them in the flower bed because I, I was a little lazy. And she got there, and I showed her. I was like, look. I was like, I actually did this. I didn't need your help. And she looked at me, she shook her head, and she said, Erin, not all of those are weeds. Some of those are actually plants. I didn't know. I still don't know. But the interesting thing is, as I was saying about this, this passage and today's topic, Andy put in the graph, testing the spirit. And before I even looked at the scripture passage, I just texted testing the spirit to a bunch of pastor friends, and all of them sent back a bunch of question marks when I just said, what do you think about testing the spirit? And it was all question marks. They're like, what are you talking about? We get to today's scripture passage from 1 John, and we learn that what testing the spirit is, is trying to figure out what voices to listen to. Or what weeds to pull? What is of God and what isn't? And it's actually pretty hard sometimes to try to figure out what to listen to. Because no matter where we turn nowadays, there's a whole lot of opinions. Social media just our phones, the constant connection, the news. What voices do we listen to? This past year in our world, churches have been in conflict about face masks. In some churches, it's the vaccine. In some churches, it's the question of what to do with the statement, Black Lives Matter, not the organization, but the statement. or racism, or around the world also the question of who takes care of the poor and the hungry? Is it the church? Is it the government? And what do we do with the fact that here in Madison County, children will go to bed hungry tonight? Because we can't figure out how to answer these questions. There are so many things just in our daily lives that sometimes it can be hard to figure out what weeds to pull and what voices to listen to. So what do we do? What are our guideposts? Because here's the thing, all of us in this room, all of us are probably gonna have some different opinions on things. 
But how do each of us, each of us, because we can listen to our parents, we can listen to, I can listen to to Connie, the DS, or the bishop. We can listen to all these different voices, but eventually each and every one of us has to decide what voices we're going to listen to, what weeds we're going to pull, how we are going to live. So how do each of us go about that? I want to recommend two guideposts. One's from a Baptist, one's from a Methodist. Uh, And the, the guidepost from the Baptist is one that's been around, but I really like how Andy Stanley, who's the pastor at North Point Baptist Church in Atlanta, he did a sermon last year, and... I loved how he framed it. He said, when, when we have questions, we as the church, of course, we start with Scripture. But we as Christians don't just start with, a, with this Bible that's full of various letters from, written by different people, inspired, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. We don't just start here. Because it can be a little intimidating at times. We don't just start here. We as Christians, we start with Jesus. We start with Jesus who is the the word of God in flesh. That when we approach scripture, we read all of it through the lens of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Christ, who we proclaim as Lord and Savior. We read everything through the lens of the one we are able to know, the one we are able to put all of our hope in. He was like, this is how we approach Scripture. And he Stanley said, We come through the lens of our embodied Savior. So we don't start with nothing. We start with everything right there. So we as Christians, when we don't know what to do, we start with Christ. We start with his life and his teachings and who he was and is. But still, what, what do we do from that? As a good Methodist, I love the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is a big word for something that I think we all do naturally. We start with scripture. And here I'll give some examples. Personal example. I, it's, I said at 8.30 service, we can't just listen to someone say, well, they're a pastor, so I'm going to listen to their opinion. Because at, at my family, extended family reunions, me and one of my extended cousins has to make a truce because he doesn't think I should be a pastor because I'm a woman. And so we have to stay away from this topic and a few others. 
But as I was discerning my call to ministry, I started with scripture. I started with the scripture of, you know, Mary Magdalene, the other women running from the tomb first, the first witnesses of the resurrection. And with the scripture passages that told women to be quiet and worship. We always start with scripture. But not just single verses, we look at the larger context. We always look beyond just one verse because we can pull out any verse and make it say a whole lot of things. We look at scripture, the paragraph and then the whole. And always the whole through the lens of Christ. With, with things that we don't know what to do with, we start with scripture. And then we go to tradition. We go with what the church has always said, what the church has always done. We kind of look back and to see what has been taught. As I was wrestling with what to do with my call, I looked at churches that said no to women. I also looked at when churches started to say yes. So we go scripture, and then we go tradition, and then we go reason, where we have to you know, bring in our heads, our thinking. And before I preach, I always try to read three to five different people's opinions of a scripture passage scholars, pastors, and not just people I agree with because I try not to let anything be an echo chamber. So as I was discerning my call, I read from people who said no. I had a guy in my preaching class who said I could preach but still said, but you're not called to preach because you're a woman. So I read some things that he emailed me to be helpful. I also read the sermon of another Baptist pastor in Jackson, Chuck Poole at Northminster Baptist. And he addressed a lot of these scripture passages that told women to be silent. They titled his sermon, We Ordain Women Because We Baptize Girls. And he tied callings of all of us to our baptism. It was beautiful. Reason is where we bring in voices of others, even those we disagree with, to try to figure out what to do. To not just try to dismantle their argument, but to see where they're coming from. So we start with scripture, we go to tradition, We go to reason, and then we go to experience. I'm a preacher's kid. Both of my parents were United Methodists. I was raised United Methodist. Everything about me my entire life, when I come to Scripture, I come to it with grace. So when I went to a Calvinist seminary, I had lots of arguments with people about predestination versus free will. And 
We didn't agree. But we both valued the call upon each other's lives. Experience, we look at what we bring to the situation we're trying to figure out what weeds to pull and what to listen to. And we look around us. My dad was my pastor my entire life, but he put me around Bishop Hope Morgan Ward and our district superintendent, Connie Shelton. I have not known my life without Connie Shelton and other female pastors because he always wanted me to know of these women in the ministry. Also, I have family who say no. We look at our experience. So we start with with the lens of Christ and we, we start with scripture and we look at tradition and we look at reason and we look at experience and you know what's going to happen? We're not always going to come to the same conclusion as fellow Christians. And sometimes that is really aggravating to me on things. At my seminary, a lot of us didn't always agree. There were like 10 of us who were Methodist. So we were definitely outnumbered. But today's scripture passage gives us one more guidepost as we're trying to figure out what voices to listen to, what spirit to trust. And it's the guideposts of love. The guidepost that, that God is love. John Wesley would say, even when we do not think alike, may we at least love alike. That even when we as Christians disagree, one of the most beautiful things that we can do is come together in our disagreement and choose to show the love of Christ. And choose to say that what Jesus has called us to do is greater than our differences. To show the love of Christ to the world. Because God is love. So even when we do not think alike, at least we can love alike. So my closest friends and I don't agree on everything, but we at least name the call of Christ upon each other's lives. And find rest in the truth that God is in control. And sometimes when we get so lost in the weeds, we lose track of the fact that he is in control and that he is God and we are not. But we can still love each other. We can still show his love. And we can still, when we don't know what to do with what weeds to pull, what voices to listen to. We can always rest in this one truth of love. 
that Jesus loves me. And because Jesus loves me, Jesus loves each and every one of you. Even when we disagree, that is the one truth that we can always come back to. That Jesus loves each and every one of us. Even when we disagree. Even when we don't know what voices to listen to. That is what we can always rest in. Let us pray. God, sometimes there's a whole lot of noise and a whole lot of weeds and we're not sure what to pull and what to listen to and what to do, but Lord, we just trust you and we trust that your love for us is bigger and enough to, sh- to help us take those next steps forward. And Lord, even when we disagree, help us to rest individually in your love and help us to choose to love one another. It's in your son's name and his name alone that we come, trusting. Amen. Today, as we come to a close in worship, the chancel rails open for any who feel led to come forward and pray or to join this church family. But I invite us all to stand and to sing hymn number 191, Jesus Loves Me. Let us stand and sing together. <laughs>